seated, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. First of all, I want to welcome all those who are visiting for the baptism today. It's good to have you with us. It's a great day for it, uh, Pentecost. Pentecost is sometimes referred to as the birthday of the church. And as such, it provides a kind of corrective to some of our historical and typical ways of making disciples. The church is born, Pentecost teaches us, not with a class of instruction or a catechism, but with an experience. The Holy Spirit comes and stuff begins to happen. Now, there will be an explanation in a catechism. St. Peter gives a very long sermon in Acts after the events of today where he explains to everybody what happened. Still, the experience comes first and the explanation comes afterward. Too often in the church we confuse the explanation with the experience. Too often we memorize the creeds and we are able to give very, my, very particular instructions about doctrine but miss, fail to experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. This eventually undermines faith because the explanation cannot hold without the experience. If we say we believe all these things, but don't actually experience them in our lives, we will eventually be drawn away from faith. This is our emphasis in church on the life of prayer, is an emphasis on the experience that our doctrine explains. We are not likely to experience what the first disciples experienced on Pentecost. <clears throat> there is no reason for any of us to speak in some foreign language we've never spoken before, unless God intends to send us as a missionary to that particular country where they speak that language. But we experience the Spirit, all of us, in the manner that Jesus describes in our Pentecost Gospel. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth. And if we look at our, uh, excuse me, I should say the epistle, the epistle for Pentecost feels like the gospel, I think. Is it. Um, um, the, uh, Jesus repeats this twice for emphasis in, in the gospel. He, he repeats again this essential pattern that if we believe him and obey him, if we obey what he says, then the Spirit will come to us. Now, there's a, a temptation sometimes, we, we hear this, if you keep my commandments, we think about keeping the commandments, we'll think about the Ten Commandments. So, the law God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai, and it's tempting to hear this teaching as though it was saying, if you obey all the rules, then God will accept you and give you the Spirit. And in fact, many people experience their faith that way. This is false. This is wrong. In John's gospel, from which this gospel comes from, 
Jesus gives two particular commandments that highlight what he means when he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. The first is the commandment to believe, to trust. He says in John 6, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. And faith or belief is the foundation because it begins to reverse the pattern of the fall, the pattern of Genesis 3, which we all repeat in our lives. It goes like this. We distrust God, so we don't do what he says to do. Disobedience results from distrust. We don't trust, we disobey, our spiritual connection with God is severed, we are alienated from God. We experience guilt, shame, fear, spiritual death. The answer to this is not to try harder on our own level to do what God called us to do. The answer is to believe in Jesus now where we didn't trust before. Faith or trust reestablishes that relationship with God that we lost. It is the means through which the gift of the Spirit is given to us. And what's that relational connection as we establish? We are led both to desire God's will and also given the strength we need to do it. This relational connection through trust is distinct from mere rule-keeping. If I trust someone in authority over me, I will want to follow that person's instructions because I will believe that they know what they're talking about and have our good, or my good in, in, in mind. If I don't trust somebody in authority over me, I may well be very interested in keeping the rules out of fear out of fear that when I don't keep the rules, I'll get the consequence from this person I don't trust. This is why trust is so significant to our relationship. If we don't trust, we can't receive the gift of the Spirit. We can't heal that relational disconnection with God, which is our foundational problem. The second commandment Jesus gives in John's Gospel that highlights, um, that undergirds what he means when he says, if you love me, keep the commandments, is what he says at the Last Supper. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The commandment to love highlights the communal nature of the gift of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not my individual possession. The Holy Spirit is given to the whole church. And who I am individually in Christ and the Spirit is fully realized only in my connection to the larger church. Just as an arm is useless unless it is connected to the body. Through this gift of the Spirit, we are actually a means of grace and experience for each other. 
when we love others and each other in the body of Christ with the love that we have experienced from God, we become part of each other's experience. And we give to others from our gifts, and we receive from others according to their gifts. When we understand this, we understand how silly is that historical objection to mediators. People say, I don't need anyone to come between me and God. I can pray directly to God on my own in Christ. This is a dangerous half-truth. It is certainly true that we all can pray directly to God in Christ. And there's a mystical experience of prayer that we can have alone. Although, in the body of Christ, we're never truly alone. Nonetheless, we have this, but we should also want and need a thousand other mediators. Mediators don't separate us from God. They, they bring us closer to God. And we need this from other people to represent Christ to us in ways that we need. And we need to represent Christ to others in ways that they need. That's the very meaning of the body of Christ and spiritual giftedness. Of course, relationships in the body of Christ are not always love and sunshine. We are, relationships are messy and difficult because we are messy and difficult people. And this is a reason some people shy away from the church. They, 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 they want to be on, not, not to get involved in that messiness. The problem is that that, that relational connection is a substantial means of grace. If we don't want relational connection with God and His church, and the two cannot be separated, we can't really know others and we can't really be known. We can't really love others and we can't really be loved. This relational experience is part of our experience of Pentecost. And this is true even when we hurt each other. The Spirit also leads us into experiences that speak of the cross before we get to speak of the resurrection. When we, are, when we experience pain, the Spirit leads us in relationship to others to learn to speak the truth in love, to examine our own motives, to learn to forgive others and be forgiven, and to learn to forbear and long-suffer and not run away. Running away from relationship with God and others is the primary barrier to real love over time. We see when we look at all this dynamic of relationship why it's tempting just to learn the Creed and the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments and be done with it. We find it easier to talk about God than to trust God. We find it easier to judge each other than we do to love each other. We're more comfortable with the explanation than we are with the experience. But Jesus calls us to more than that. If you love me, keep my commandments. Begin to learn to trust and begin to learn to love. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter who will abide with you forever.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Thine, O Lord,